Hey everyone, I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to the Efficiency Bee Podcast, where we focus our time, money, and energy on doing all the right things to live a bold, balanced, and blessed life. I'm your host, Melissa Leone. Each week, we'll share some awesome conversation, new ideas, and lots of laughs. I'm a busy woman. I do life with my husband and three kids. I have a big corporate job, and I'm building my dream job on the side. I created EB to share my story, my lessons learned, and inspire you to build a life that you love. You've heard of a queen bee, a honey bee, or a busy bee? This is Efficiency Bee. So glad you're here. I just had an awesome conversation with Robin Moore. She's a certified life coach and she has an awesome job. She is helping people, primarily women, overcome their own insecurities. Uh, she empowers women to transform their inner critic into their greatest unstoppable champion. How cool is that? She has some great tips, really nice conversation. I can't wait for you to hear it. Let's jump on in. Hey, Robin, how you doing today? Doing great. How about, how about yourself? Oh, I'm good. I am looking forward to having this conversation. I was reading some of your bio, and I think this is going to be an awesome one. So why don't we get started with you telling us a little bit about you and your story? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so I'm a certified life coach, and what brought me to this profession is really is really my story. Um, so I work um, mainly with uh, women and helping them find joy and contentment in their life. You know, what I've found is that those are two emotions that we all love and look for, but so many people are missing in their life. And I found that to be true for myself for many, many decades. Um, depression, anxiety hit me uh, at an early age. I was a teenager when it began and it, it lasted for several decades, um, taking me to a place where I was on 11 prescription medications, I was 70 pounds heavier than I am now and um, really just severe in and out of hospitals, depression. Um, I was a cutter at one point, just severe uh, things going on. And I've now been free of that for 15 years. And so it's my mission and my passion to help other people walk in that joy and that contentment and to realize that they can do that no matter what's going on around them. It's really not about our situation right? It's the lens that we can view it at. And so that's kind of what brought me to do what I do. Wow. What a nice story. I mean, not the, not the part when you were down, but the recovery <laughs> part for sure. Right. And, and today you're helping women, you said primarily just kind of like pull their bootstraps up or, or is that kind of the main um, focus that you look for? Well, yeah. And I, it's funny. Cause I, I remember at one point um, in my journey, I remember um, a uh, therapist actually telling me, you know, it's physically impossible to pull yourself up from your bootstraps, right? <laughs> but, but I totally get what you're saying. That is a, a terminology that we use. And yeah, it's, it's really helping women to learn uh, to use the really the turmoil to come to triumph. Um, you know, they can use the things in their life uh, to make their life better. And they can really, you know, the way I like to describe it is, you know, we all kind of, we have on glasses and they can be, you know, a different prescription, a different color, 
right? But sometimes they're just not quite in tune Mm -hmm. to what's really going on and around us, right? We start believing what we tell ourselves. And so often those are lies and untruths, but we get stuck with those. And sometimes they come on early in our lives, right? And we start believing them in truth. And as we tell ourselves that over and over, then that's the life that we that we live. That's the life that we walk, not knowing any better. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, what I really spend a lot of time with my women uh, doing is teaching them that, right, their thoughts are creating those feelings. And so when we start working on those thoughts and that lens that we view life with, that's when we can really start to have the actions and the results that we want in our lives. It's so powerful and so true. I went through definitely the darkest period of my life, um, two and a half years ago at this point. And it's mm-hmm. a lot of that is what spurred me to build my business. And it's what spurred me to build the podcast. And, mm-hmm. and I just found those, those words that I needed to hear. And I just kept saying them to myself over and over and over mm-hmm. again. I didn't really know what I was doing, but um, it definitely helped me. So some, what are some of the, the tricks that you, that you offer people to help them navigate that space? Yeah. And, and one that you hit on right there, right. Is that it, and there's, there's two types of talk, right. There's that inner self-talk that, that we're Mm -hmm. catching ourselves, right. When we start realizing when we're having emotions that we don't want, that can always tie back to a thought that we can change. We can restate, we can reframe. Um, and so there's also the outward talking, right? You know, our, our words, they, <laughs> they vibrate forever, right? They never die. So everything that comes out of our mouth lives, you know, lives on. So it can either be for a positive direction or a negative direction. Um, and so there's, there's lots and lots of tools that we use like that. Um, and then, you know, like I said, when I'm walking someone, you know, what I described earlier, we can all nod our head and say, yeah, that's true. But when you see it in your own circumstance, it comes to a whole new light that you start realizing that your result is tied 100% to your thinking and you see it, you break it down to your circumstance, then that's when I, I feel like the kind of the blinders come off for people and they really can see the change that they can make, um, you know, through through their thinking. Yeah. What do you think it is about people that makes it so easy for the negative to sink in? I yeah, I think about this you know, kind of stuff a lot. Like, why do humans do this to themselves? Dogs don't do this to themselves. They don't think I'm a bad dog. I'm a bad dog. Why do we do this? I don't understand why we are that way. Yeah. And, you know, they say, you know, 60,000 thoughts a day. And most people would say 80% of those, you know, if you're unintentionally, right, are negative. So that, that's yeah. why this intentional looking at your, you know, your thinking and what you're producing is so important because if it goes, you know, without practice, without looking at unintentionally, it will lean to the negative. And, you know, I think that that, you know, like I said, a lot of that starts out early, um, you know, first seven years of our life, right? They say that, mm-hmm. that, that, inf- you know, information is ingrained in us. And it's not that everyone grew up in, you know, a horrible childhood or anything like that, even in the best homes, right? That things are, interpreted that's what i'm talking about the lens like as a kid you know we interpret somebody um you know a parent is disappointed in me or whatever and then i just start carrying that self-talk through my life and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy 
And so it, it is it is as if that we wear these Velcro suits that we have all these things flying by and somehow the negative gravita- gravitates to us. <laughs> yeah. That does seem to be the, you know, just the default. Um, but it, it doesn't have to be that way for sure. But it just takes intentional work. Yeah, it's so interesting. I, I told you before we started recording, I have three children. And my oldest is definitely the one who lets the negative stick to her, that Velcro mm-hmm. suit. Mm-hmm. Um, my middle child couldn't be bothered with it. I mean, everything negative, she's like, whatever. <laughs> uh-huh. And she just keeps blasting through, you know, like she owns the place everywhere she goes. And it, it's so, in, I mean, they're so close in age and they're such good friends, raised under the same household by the same parents. Mm-hmm. What's mm-hmm. made them so different from one another? And I, I'm, interested in seeing them as teenagers and as adults to see if that continues right and mm-hmm. how I can help my older um, be a little bit less self-negative I mean she she can be negative to others as well and then my middle child I almost worry that she's too positive about everything <laughs> <laughs> like, well kid there is some bad out there hold on a second <laughs> Well, you know, it certainly plays into, too, right, like as far as discipline and, right, all those other things that come into life, you know, it's not like any one thing is like, you know, horrible, right? Like it's it's a balance for sure. But I think even, um, you know, it's, you know, certainly the, the nurture versus nature that people can be more swayed towards certain things. But I also think even birth order, right? Yeah. Like even, um, even the birth order and siblings and, you know, only children and you know there there are so many things that play into it yeah. um it doesn't just have to be a traumatic event you know that happened in your life to play into that but i do think i do think it will be it's very interesting you know i think that with my son too about these things he loves and these traits that he has like how much will that play into um to his life further on. And I really think that's based on how much I nurture, right? There are some natural things that tendencies he has, but I think the direction that I nurture it will help shape the direction that it goes for him. Absolutely. And I think we can, we can help guide them in that direction, but some of Mm -hmm. it's already just built in. So Mm -hmm. I'm curious if you're open to talking about it, your 70 pound weight loss. So that's got to be a pretty big mind shift, right? I mean, that's a that's a significant amount of weight where you look in the mirror. Do you recognize yourself? What does that do to you mentally? Yeah, um, you know, I think for me, it was it was a matter of having to get in a, a better place mentally mm-hmm. before I was able to then do, you know, do the physical part of it because so much of weight loss, right. Is back to the mental state. Right. Um, and so for me, that's when, when I was in a much better place emotionally and mentally, that's when I was able to focus, um, on the weight loss and yeah, sure. I mean, it's, it's, um, you know, and, and with that was kind of the same time that I was, you know, getting off the medications as well, but, yeah, I mean, it, you know, body, soul, spirit, it all is intertwined, right? And they all play into each other. And so I think when you're when you're helping one of those areas, it's always going to affect the other areas, again, in a negative or positive way, depending on, right, which way we're leading. Absolutely. I didn't really understand a lot of that until COVID happened. 
And mm-hmm. I've, I've always led a pretty active lifestyle. I was in my best um, physical state prior to 2020. And nothing changed. My, my workout routines didn't change. I was working out from home, eating healthy. I gained 20 pounds just from stress. It, mm-hmm. My diet mm-hmm. and my workouts changed zero. But mm. I know that there was the stress and I still can't, I still can't get it to go away. I'm but maybe mm-hmm. part of that's hormones, Robin. I'm 40. So well, yeah, maybe okay, part so, of it I'm getting old, but. Yeah. yeah. Well, so I'm 47. And so it's so funny because I experienced the exact same thing you talked about mm-hmm. and it was, um, it was hormones, right. Yeah. Related for me in the, sh- in, in the shift from, I used to could intermittent fast and that worked but now my hormones have changed so now i i just you know i i gained some weight and i've just taken eight of those pounds back off yeah and it was from shifting to eating every two or three hours right (laughs) because you know as women around our age base you know there are hormones that you know start to play into that as well yeah and i'm still refusing to believe that it's hormones, but I'm positive that it's, <laughs> it's either my, my hormones of being a woman or it's the cortisol hormones. It's one or the other. I don't know. Well, yeah. And the stress, I yeah. mean, come on stress. I mean, I know we've all heard the statistics and we, but how much do we really believe it? Right. Because yeah. the stress, I mean, as far as our health and as far as, you know, all that I described and all those medications I got on, right. That started with mental right? You know, getting on the antidepressant, anti-anxiety and right. Moving forward with that. But that was, I mean, it was stress induced. It, like you said, the cortisol, the hormones that's released, it's the same thing that happens with anxiety, right? Mm-hmm. We release these, um, hormones in our body that cause, you know, for an anxious person, right? Somebody's experiencing anxiety, it's a knot in your stomach or mm-hmm. it's, you know, tense back, you know, muscles, but it's that same, those same chemicals, right. That start to store fat, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's meant for the flight. It's meant when somebody comes, you know, after me in a parking lot, right. right? Because it shuts down, um, you know, reproductive and it shuts down, you know, the, the fat, all those different, um, parts of our body so that the ones we need are as active as they can be at the moment. Yeah. But the problem becomes is when we live in that state of being, right. We live in that, you know, you know, flight type. Oh my gosh. Um, I was definitely there in 2020. I, and I still, I say this all the time. I still haven't processed 2020 and 2021 is almost over. I'm still Mm -hmm. like reeling about what just happened to us. I mean, the whole online school thing and the fear and all of that. I, I'm certain that the mental health repercussions of the last two years are going to, um, going to take a toll on society globally for for quite some time and I'm glad there's people out out there like you who can can help with that yeah I mean I, I think you're exactly right I think it's gonna linger I think it's sadly right for people that lived in in this state for so long it then becomes the new way of life unless yeah. you like I say you intentionally stop that and intersect it that kind of becomes the new way of life. And I've, I've really seen that. I've seen that in society. I've seen that in just the fear-based living. Um, and so I think that's just all the more reason for people to kind of take a look at it and decide to, you know, to make a change in that area. Yeah, absolutely. I, I like that you call it a lens too, because there's no right and wrong. It's just the way mm-hmm. that we're each seeing things depending upon mm-hmm. 
you know, the values that we have and where we grew up. And there's a number of different things that can really influence that. Remember how I mentioned my dream job? Well, I thought I'd take this opportunity to tell you a little bit about it. It's called Two Cents Consulting. T-W-O-S-E-N-S-E. We focus on building custom, simple, and sensible accounting solutions to small businesses. We customize a plan based on the specific business needs. Options are available from a single consultation, multiple session packages, or long-term support. We're 100% woman-owned and operated. We specialize in strategy, process improvement, or just some good old-fashioned accounting cleanup. We're here to help you maximize the way you spend your time and money. All right, let's get back to the show. So can you talk a little bit about what a certified life coach means? What type of training did you do to to become a certified life coach? Yeah, I went through a, uh, it was kind of a year program, but it was six months um, into where I was actually certified. And so it was a pretty intensive uh, program. And um, for anybody that doesn't know about life coaching, you know, the way that I describe it is, um, you know, versus counseling. That's a big question. A lot of people ask that. Mm -hmm. And really what I do is I help people focus on the future and Mm -hmm. get to where they want to be. Um, not that the, the past doesn't come up, right? We've, we've kind of talked about that, that we can get those beliefs early on. And so we have to kind of look at those at times, but really the majority, um, of what I do is spent helping people get to where they want to be. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm very much about, um, well, I mean, as my, my podcast talks about being bold, being balanced and, and being I say being blessed, but, but being grateful for the blessings that we have, we all have mm-hmm. them to different degrees. Um, and as long as you're looking and remembering the blessings that you have, counting them, so to speak, um, it's, it's quite easy to keep a positive, positive mind frame as long as you kind of stay focused on that prize and what's the next thing that you're, you're going to do. What? Yeah. Uh, I, go ahead. I'm oh, sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, yeah, I definitely think it's right. Like gratitude is such a huge thing. And I also think it's for important for people to realize, um, you know, they don't also don't have to feel guilty that they don't feel that joy or contentment, right? When they, yeah. you know, look around in their life, because, you know, anybody that lives in the U.S. is, is right in the top 5% of the population or, you know, is blessed in, you know, and, and some type of way. And there's so many things. But, you know, I also see people feeling really, and I think that was true of myself as well, is just feeling, um, you know, condemnation kind of towards myself that like, why do I not feel more joy and contentment in my life, you know? And, you know, I, I, I want people to know that that's okay too, right? Like that's, you know, part of what I do. I help people dig in and really see what that's about mm-hmm. um, and really start uh, learn to look at, uh, you know, themselves with compassion and curiosity and try to figure it out versus beat themselves up. You know, what's interesting too, and it's happened to me, um, I'm not in this place today, but I know that it has happened to me in the past where you almost start to feel guilty for being happy. And, Mm -hmm. and, and feel like other people aren't, so I shouldn't be, or I shouldn't Mm. be, um, showing my joy because other people aren't feeling that. And I, I've seen that quite a bit through the last two years with, with COVID it's, you know, people are, are losing loved ones 
other people are thriving in areas and feeling badly that they can't put that forward. And so it's taken a lot of energy for me to to be in a good place all the time and to be happy with that, but still have empathy for other people. And I think a lot of people are are struggling with some of those pieces of maybe yeah, that's not so, the right word, but there, there's a word that I'm, I'm not having. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it is. It, I, I mean, guilt resonates with me. I mean, I know exactly what you're talking about. And the thing is, is, is that joy is actually, I, I feel like that's almost right. Like another lie that we're believing because really joy is contagious. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that we can have joy and have it with compassion for people that are a different place, right? We can meet them where they are and have compassion for their situation and help and all that. And we can still have joy at the same time. Like, I don't think it has to be one or the other, you know, I think that joy can be contagious in their life as you're having compassion, you know, for what's going on in theirs. Yeah, definitely. I agree. And we've got to figure out a way to help ourselves. I I think a lot of that has to do with your own self, that lens, like you're talking about, like, Mm -hmm. do you feel confident enough in yourself to say, this is good for me. I need to feel mm-hmm. good. I don't mm-hmm. need to feel bad that I'm good for that. Per- it's, it's complicated. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's very and circular. You know, yeah, and I know I started out many conversations, you know, over the last almost, what is it, um, two years, right? Many conversations with, I know this has been really difficult for a lot of people, but, you know, I have to tell you the ways that it was a blessing for me, mm-hmm. you know? Um, you know, working for home as a single mom and being able to um, have that extra commute time with my son has yeah. like been pri- priceless for me. Yeah. Um, but, you know, at the same time, I go about that with compassion that I realize that it's not been the case for everybody. But yeah. it's, I still feel like it's okay for me to speak my truth, which is, you know, there have been a lot of good things in it you know, as well. Yeah, I agree. It's been a successful two years for me as well. I started my business in March of 2020. Um, well, formally started my business in March of 2020. And I mean, that's right when everything collapsed. So, mm-hmm. but everything went really well for me. And I, I think that's when I started to feel a little guilty. Like, should I be having success while all of this is going on? And I was able to pull myself out of it. But But nonetheless, Mm -hmm. there are a lot of um, silver linings for sure that have come from this. And and having more time with loved ones, like you said, with your son is definitely one of them. Mm -hmm. So I can't help but ask the question because I'm all about efficiency. Tell me how you balance having your own business and being a single parent. And uh, how do you how do you manage some of that? Any tips there? Yeah. So, and I currently, um, I actually work a full-time job as well. Ah, Um, I like it. Yeah. So, um, right. So like a a lot of similarities, (laughs) um, and and you, but, um, yeah, so right. You have, you have to be efficient, right. And that, and what I found, um, you know, for efficiency for me is so much of it is based in not living in overwhelm. Yeah. Um, because it is so easy for me to, you know, live in overwhelm or even in comparison, right? Like I look at my kitchen earlier and it's like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, how, how does it look like this? And then I'm like, well, look what you're managing, right? Like I have to turn that around. And so sometimes I think, oh, I'm, I'm not managing all this well. And, and then I have to look at it and say, 
you know what? You are managing it well, right? Like yeah. you're holding down a full-time job, a, you know, a full-time business, yep. full-time parenting. And you know what? I, I, I am doing them pretty well, even though a lot of times my brain tries to, you know, originally tell me, look, everything's falling through. You're doing nothing right. <laughs> but I have to ask myself, is that really true? And most of the time it's not. Yeah. Um, you know, and so, so much of it is about, right, believing, right, like it's my job <laughs> and spending my time on where my brain is taking me versus, um, you know, like I may not be the most efficient as far as I have a ton of sticky notes and notes on my desk right here uh-huh. <laughs> and that might drive some people crazy. And instead of me being focused on, I could do better at this. It's like, you know what? This kind of works for me. <laughs> yeah. I, I love the sticky note methodology too. I, when I worked in an office, I did that all the time. Now, sometimes I, I don't do that anymore because my kids will take them and run, <laughs> but I loved that. And I would just throw it away. As soon as that was mm-hmm. off my to-do list, it would be in the garbage. That always worked really, really well for me. So I think it's quite efficient, even if you don't think so. I think that there's some good things there. And it's, it is tough. I mean, I'm right there with you, right? Working a full-time job and, and trying to build a business on the side and, and do all the things. My business partner and I were talking about this the other day, and we were talking about when do you take on more clients, right? And we both have children, my partner and I, and we're trying to figure out, like, can we take on more? And I said to her, you know what? got about 10 days a month where I feel like, oh shit, can I do this? <laughs> you know, oh, I'm like, the oh. wheels are falling off. I'm, I'm dropping a ball somewhere. Can I get this done? But the rest of the month, I feel great. And so I've been focusing in on those 10 days to try to figure out what's the part that's stressing me out. Is that the laundry? Is it the kids? Is it the full-time job? Is it the side job? Is it making dinner? Is it, and, and I focus on one thing that's got me spinning and I try to fix it so that next month it doesn't make me crazy. And Mm -hmm. it helps so much Mm -hmm. just taking Mm -hmm. one small thing that I can bite and I can chew and I can fix. Um, It may not be perfect. It may take me six months Mm -hmm. to fix it. Right. But Mm -hmm. um, coming up with a process so that that's no longer an issue for the next month has really been helpful for me in, in trying to juggle everything at the same time. Yeah. I mean, I think that's great, right? Because that's the whole thing with the overwhelm, right? We tell ourselves a big picture, you know, statement (laughs) when really, if we just break it down into little pieces, exactly like what you're talking about that. I mean, that's how we tackle it, right? That's, that's, that's how we get there instead of this generalized, you know, I'm never going to get this done. Well, right. What's one thing I can get done right now? Yeah. (laughs) You know, Yep, absolutely. So, Robin, how do your um, clients find you? What's the best way for people to reach out and get in touch? Yeah, the best way is probably uh, through my website. Okay. It's robinmorecoaching.com, and Robin is spelt with a Y. All right, excellent. We'll make sure to put that in the in the show notes. And what types of um, services are you offering on the website that people can look for to, to see if you're the right fit for them? Yeah, so I, I, I do do speaking, but really my primary service is one-on-one coaching. Okay. Excellent. Well, it was lovely talking to you. I really appreciate your time, and um, hopefully we will stay in touch. Yeah, thank you, Melissa. This was great. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, that wraps it up. Thank you so much for listening. I really enjoy doing this podcast, and I hope you enjoy listening to it. 
If you haven't already, please leave a rating or drop me a comment. I'd love to hear what you think about the show. Until next time, stay bold, stay balanced, and be blessed. See ya!